freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, August 12th, 2012. Today is my 38th birthday, and I'm very glad to be spending it here with the listeners of What on Earth is Happening, spending at least a part of it here. And we have a great show lined up for you here today, folks. We're going to continue... Uh, to be talking about the occult mockery of police and military personnel. And today, I'm going to attempt to wrap up that topic of discussion. And we're going to be talking about things like true intelligence, true self-respect, personal responsibility, and the awakening of conscience when it comes to uh, getting out of the dominator mindset today. So this is part of our ongoing solutions section that I call the way out, grassroots solutions for creating real, positive, and lasting change in human consciousness. And it's uh, part of the section on the non-support of dominators, which is one of the uh, grassroots solutions that I propose. So that's coming up today on What on Earth is Happening. I have several event announcements, so bear with me as I go through these. The big event coming up here next year in Philadelphia in April of next year, the Free Your Mind 2 conference. Really excited about it. This conference is shaping up so great so far, and um, I have a lot of announcements regarding the conference. So here's a brief introduction to what the Free Your Mind 2 conference is going to be all about. Free Your Mind returns to Philadelphia in 2013 with a three-day conference featuring top caliber speakers from across the country who will shed light upon our world's problems and bring forward empowering solutions. This unique event will build upon the success of the first Free Your Mind conference with a continued focus to spread awareness on the topics of consciousness, mind control, subversive occult influences, holistic body-mind-spirit health, and solution-oriented approaches to the problems humanity faces in these challenging times. 
The dates for Free Your Mind 2, Thursday, April 25th, Friday, April 26th, and Saturday, April 27th, 2013. The doors will be opening at 8 a.m. each day, and the conference getting underway at 9 a.m. on each day. The location is the beautiful Arch Street Meeting House here in Philadelphia. That's at 320 Arch Street, Philadelphia, PA. Admission prices for the con conference on Thursday, $30. For the Thursday evening speaker meet and greet, yes, we're having a speaker meet and greet with light vegetarian and vegan fare on Thursday evening. It'll be a shorter day for the conference, but then we'll have the meet and greet at night in another room at the Quaker, at the uh, Arch Street Meeting House. And that's $20 to attend the speaker meet and greet. For the conference on Friday, $40, and for the conference on Saturday, $40. For all three days, if you want to attend all three days, including the speaker meet and greet, it's $120. That's a $10 discount. You could look at it as you get $10 off the speaker meet and greet. The confirmed speakers so far for the Free Your Mind 2 conference, Alan Steinfeld, Alfred Weber, Andrew Bashago, Ben Stewart, Bob Tuscan, Curtis Davis, Freighter X, Freeman Fly, James Yeager, Jan Irvin, Jay Parker, Joseph Meyer, Laura Eisenhower, Mark Passio, and Mark Peebler. We have 15 speakers already, and we're looking to add it, probably that many more and to round out the lineup, or around that many, maybe a little bit less than that. But by the time it's said and done, we'll probably have close to 30 speakers, 28 to 30, something like that. And it's going to be just a phenomenal three-day event. And the venue is just absolutely incredible. It's gorgeous. Uh, to have more information, to get any, more information regarding this conference and how you can get tickets. By the way, tickets are on sale now. We're not waiting like we did last year to put tickets on sale at a, at a later date. The, the new conference website is up online at freeyourmindconference.com. So go and check it out put a lot of work into the new website. It looks great. Speaker bios are posted. There's a couple of bios that are still uh, we're still waiting on. They'll be forthcoming in the next couple of days or so. But uh, the, the conference website is up and ready to go. And tickets are on sale now. So get your tickets in advance. Getting your tickets in advance, ladies and gentlemen, will really help us to offset costs, costs to bring speakers in. You know, we need to raise money. We're going to be having fundraisers, and I'll be announcing them here. But to raise money for uh, bringing speakers in to pay their travel expenses, um, it would really help if people get advanced tickets. We're, we're um, basically starting the ticket sales much earlier. Last year, we started them in November. We're starting them in August this year. So please, uh, if you can, get your tickets in advance. Uh, instructions for getting tickets are on the Free Your Mind Conference website. So check it out, freeyourmindconference.com. This is going to be the big event on the East Coast here in 2013, and we're really excited about how it's shaping up so far. We do need helpers and donations for this conference. So if you're in the Philadelphia area and you want to help out, you want to um, be an, an organizer and an assistant in putting this conference on, get in touch with me. Okay, you can do that through the Free Your Mind Conference website in the Contact Us page, or you could just email me at mark at whatonearthishappening.com, and I'll tell you how you can be a part 
of, of this conference, how you could be one of the, uh, the helpers or organizers. So uh, we also need donations because, again, this uh, isn't uh, something that, you know, just happens magically on its own. Uh, costs are associated with putting on something this big. And uh, if you're in a position that you can uh, give a little bit and help out, there is also a donations page on the freeyourmindconference.com website. So check that out as well. And again, if you're in a position to help us out in putting this event on, uh, please feel free to make a donation of any size. Every bit helps. So that's the Free Your Mind 2 conference. I will be speaking at the MUFON PA conference. This is coming up September 28th, 29th, and 30th at the Sheraton Bucks County Hotel. The Sheraton Bucks County is at 400 Oxford Valley Road in Langhorne, Pennsylvania. There's lots of great speakers that are going to be participating in uh, this year's MUFON PA conference, including John Ventry, Frank Fashino Jr., Sue Switek, Karen Dolan, Stan Gordon, Travis Walton, Rob Switek, Peter Robbins, Grant Cameron, Richard Dolan, Stephen Bassett, and myself. My talk will be on the moral issues involved in the continued cover-up of extraterrestrial phenomena. And I'm going to be attempting to get at the reason truly why this is continued uh, to be, uh, information like this is continued to be suppressed and covered up. But moreover, even then the why is why that continues. Who actually assists the most in continuing that continued cover-up? Who is ultimately morally culpable for something like this, for information that humanity needs and information that is so potentially transformative in consciousness that is being held back from the human species? And I'm going to look at who's ultimately responsible for that. We're going to look at moral culpability when it comes to that in this uh, lecture that I'll be giving. So this is coming up September 28th, 29th, and 30th. I will be speaking on Sunday, September 30th. I believe I'll be the first speaker of the day on the 30th. So for more information on this great conference coming up next month in the Philadelphia area, please visit their website at mufonpa.com, M-U-F-O-N-P-A.com. You can also get more information at mainlinemufon.com. Okay. So I'm excited about that conference coming up. I have a couple of other event announcements regarding the Truth, Freedom, Prosperity activist group that I work with here in the Philadelphia area. Two events uh, from Truth, Freedom, Prosperity that I want to mention. The first is an event called TFP Live. This is something new that Truth, Freedom, Prosperity is doing. It's going to be happening at Underground Arts at 1200 Callow Hill Streets in Philadelphia. 1200 Callow Hill Street. That's 12th and Callow Hill. Friday, August 17th, 2012 at 8 p.m. here in Philadelphia. TFP Live is um, going to feature stand-up comedians, music, um, sketch comedy, and a featured uh, activist, an interview with a featured freedom activist every month. They'll be putting this on every month at Underground Arts. And after uh, the show, 
the bar, restaurant, and DJ will continue to provide entertainment for people who come out. So this month's lineup includes the comics N.A. Poe and Steve Miller Miller. The musical guest is going to be Payday Monsanto, and the featured activist who will be interviewed live at TFP Live will be Adam Kokesh. There is free parking across the street from the venue. The doors open at 8 p.m. The show starts at 9 p.m. Admission is $8, and if you're a member of Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, it's only $5 to get in. That's a, a price you can't beat anywhere for uh, a good night out with other freedom-loving individuals. So that's TFP Live, Friday, August 17th, 8 o'clock p.m., Underground Arts, 1200 Callow Hill Streets here in Philadelphia. The Truth, Freedom, Prosperity free monthly documentary screening and discussion night is going to be coming up on Thursday, August 30th. That's the last Thursday of the month, as always. 6.30 p.m. sharp at Essene Market and Cafe. Essene is at 4th and Monroe Streets. That's 719 South 4th Street in Philadelphia. This month's film screening is Original Intent Part 1 by James Yeager. And the filmmaker, James Yeager, will be there in person to introduce the film and also participate in a question and answer session at the end of the film. So we're really looking forward to having James Yeager <clears throat> come out and uh, take part in this month's uh, documentary screening and discussion night at a scene market. So come on out to that. For more information on all of Truth, Freedom, Prosperity's events, visit www.truthfreedomprosperity.org, truthfreedomprosperity.org. So those are the event announcements. I have a couple of quick uh, what on earth is happening news announcements. I was interviewed by the illuminated one Curtis Davis who is going to be one of the speakers at the Free Your Mind conference on his show Occult Science Radio this past Wednesday, August 8th, 8-8. And the interview is now up in the news section and it was a very intense one. I really uh, brought out, you know, the heavy guns on this interview, so check it out in the news section, Occult Science Radio interview with the Illuminated One, Curtis Davis, at whatonearthishappening.com news section. I will be interviewed this Tuesday on Critical Mass Radio out of the UK, and I'll be interviewed on the show called Unpenned, the Unpenned Show with Paul Ripon, Paul Ripon. This is um, uh, at criticalmassradio.co.uk is the website. There it is, criticalmassradio.co.uk. You can check out more about this network and uh, hear my interview coming up on this Tuesday, and I believe it's 9 p.m. UK time. So. If you're on the East Coast, I think that translates to uh, 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. I'll have to get my uh, time um, uh, worked out for that, the uh, actual time slot. But I'll announce it on the on the page. Look on the news page, and I'll put the exact times for that on the What on Earth is Happening news page. I'll put post that uh, interview tomorrow there. The chip-in effort for... 
keeping what on earth is happening ad-free is going really well. We've already raised half of the required amount for the next three-month period. So please do keep the uh, ad-free chip-in effort donations going. I want to thank everyone who so generously has uh, donated to that cause. And uh, it's going really well. Again, we're already halfway to our goal. So we have 500 out of the required $1,000 uh, to keep that uh, going and keep this show ad-free. Uh, please continue the great efforts, ladies and gentlemen. It is much appreciated. Okay, so let's jump into our topic for today. We've been covering the topic of the occult mockery of police and military here on the show over the last several weeks. I'm going to attempt to wrap up this topic today. There's been uh, slideshow images posted each week as I've been covering this topic to the whatonearthishappening.com radio show page. Go to whatonearthishappening.com, click the radio show tab, and underneath the player you'll see images for today's show. Um, on that section, there was um, the Free Your Mind conference banner. I will be making a flyer for the Free Your Mind conference and posting that shortly, both to the website and to the what on earth is happening com site. Um, haven't gotten a chance to done that uh, just as yet because I've been working so hard on building the new website for the conference. The second image up there for under images to, for today's show was the MUFON PA conference flyer and then image number three simply showed uh, this section, uh, the entire section on this um, radio show which I call the way out which is our solutions section. Image number four is simply a list of the solutions that we've been covering over the past many months and will continue to cover over the next many months. We've covered most of these. We're in the second column talking about the non-supportive dominators. Three more topics coming up uh, on the second column there in the way of solutions. Uh, eventually, I'll be getting to talking about entheogens being used in a conscious context to uh, help to assist one in changing one's consciousness. I will be talking about the power of positive thinking and talking about the responsibility that we have once we have taken knowledge of, of truth into ourself to help others to awaken, help others in their process, in their journey toward truth. So these are topics coming up on what on earth is happening in the future. Uh, very shortly uh, coming up, the topics which will continue the subsection in the solution section of the non-supportive dominators will be carnism, the practice of eating other creatures and how that is really poisoning the energetic field through the amount of suffering that um, takes place in this regard. So we'll be talking about carnism as one of the ultimate forms of domination and one of the ultimate um, energetic scenarios that is actually creating the situation of our enslavement here on this planet. That's a, a future topic probably coming up as early as next week depending on if I get through all the material I want to cover this week. Another topic coming up in the, um, in the uh, support of the, the concept of non-supportive dominators is women's role in this regard, how women can play a powerful and transformative role 
in the non-support of dominators solution and how they need to step up into that role and claim it as their own and claim it as something that they are in a unique position and in an empowered position to take action in. So that's another topic that's coming up very soon on what on earth is happening. So underneath the player on the radio show page you will see occult mockery of police and personnel slideshow images as has as has been the case over the past many weeks there are 148 images there you can uh, open them like a slideshow and follow along with the presentation last week we left off um, talking about the ego identification that is involved in a dominator's mindset how they completely take on the role how they identify wholly with their position as a cop, their position as a government agent, their position as a soldier. And that becomes their identity. They have no deeper sense of self, the true self. They are trapped in this role that they are playing and believe that that is their entire identity and that gives them all of their purpose for being in the world. And they don't know anything else other than that. That is their entire life. And if that's your way of seeing yourself as what you do, you're already in a mind-controlled state because you're acting under a false assumption because it is not true that that is who you are. It may be what you are doing currently. You know, it may be your current role in life, but it isn't who you are. It is not who you are. And yet these people have become completely identified with the concept of their role as who they are. And that's one of the most difficult things to break ideologically, to separate from, because that's ego death. And since these people are so identified with the ego, they consider that death to them, to the, the, the self in the true sense. So uh, I'm starting out here uh, rehashing a little bit with image number 117, reviewing just a bit. That's where I'm picking up the, the talk from today. And this is part of a colossal level of ignorance when it comes to who we really are ultimately. Not only ignorance of what's going on in the world, they're ignorant of that too, make no mistake. Um, whether they believe that they are informed, whether they, they believe that they are read individuals, they have not really put it all together. They have not seen the bigger picture. They may have a focus on you know, a part of the tree in a part of the forest, but they have not pulled back and seen the entire forest and seen then the entire um, area and then pulled back and seen the entire continent and then pulled back and seen the entire global situation. They don't have a big enough worldview. They don't have a, a wide enough sense of the big picture of what's taking place on this planet. And they certainly don't have the true long view of history when it comes to tyranny, when it comes to understanding psychologically the motivating factors of tyranny in any given society or time or place. So they're not holistically intelligent human beings. 
whether they want to believe that they are or other people want to claim that they are or not. Intellect is left-brained. True intelligence is whole-brained. And they don't have that true holistic intelligence operating. Again, whether it's claimed to be there or not, the case actually is, the truth of the matter is that they are, these are not holistically intelligent human beings. The biggest reason of which is because they are so identified with the role that they are playing. They're trapped in ego identification, which is one of the main barriers to the, to the awakening to the true self, the true realization of who we really are. And when we're in that level of ignorance, don't expect to be creating anything that even remotely resembles freedom. You're not going to be operating as an individual. You're going to be oper operating in the collective mindset because you're, you're so identified as being a member of a group. We talked about this last week, the whole idea of the collectivist mindset and how that is in and of itself a detriment to human freedom and is always going to be working against it. Thomas Jefferson made the statement, I read this, this quote last week, he said that if a nation expects to be ignorant and free in a state of civilization, it expects what never was and never will be. Ignorance and freedom are antitheses of each other. They are diametric polar opposites and can really never be brought together to simultaneously coexist. Where there is ignorance, there will not be freedom. And where there is true freedom, ignorance will have been dispelled. Especially ignorance of who we are at a deep fundamental spiritual level. And that's the problem. Moving on to image number 119 now, the quote by Jefferson was 118. 119 shows what the people who still believe in authority and still believe in government, they all have the blinders on. None of these people are awake to truth. None of these people are holistically intelligent. None of them are seeing with the true one eye, the balanced brain and the awakened spiritual vision. None, zero, no matter how much they may claim to be spiritual. A claim and then your behavior, your actual actions in the world are often opposed to each other. Someone's claim that they're a, spir a spiritually activated human being and then their actions sometimes are completely polar opposites and, and their actions are a betrayal of their claim. You know, when people say that they're allegedly spiritual and then they still support the idea of government, you know that they're, they're kidding themselves. They're not only trying to fool you, maybe not even deliberately trying to fool you, but if you believe it, you're being fooled. And they're certainly fooling themselves, whether they're just outright lying and making stuff up or whether they actually believe their own crap, that they're truly spiritually awake and still supporting domin a dominator institution like the military or the police or the government. You can't reconcile these two things. They're diametric opposites. And the people in the so-called New Age movement who think that there's any such thing as an enlightened police officer or any such thing as an enlightened soldier, they're either one of two things. They're naive dupes who don't understand what real spirituality is because it takes 
into oneself. True spirituality takes into oneself the idea that the, the, the truth, that there is no such thing as authority of any man or group of men, any men and woman or group of men and women over any other individual. There is no such thing as authority. If you believe in the concept of authority, you're operating under a religion, a false religion at that, and a religion that only does harm, only ever has done harm, only ever will do harm. In the New Age movement, again, if they believe in this concept that somehow the idea of a truly awakened spiritual individual, awakened to, to the true to true spirituality, if that can be that they if they believe that can be reconciled with a believer in authority in any capacity, they are either a naive dupe or they are willfully, consciously uh, leading you down a path of disinformation. They are willfully lying to you and deceiving you. Because the case actually is that if you're truly awake, truly awake, you know that authority is a fraud. You know that authority is an illusion. And you know that that's what the entire spiritual quest is all about. What we're here to remember is that fact, that there is no authority except the truth. And that all of the controls that we place upon people according to the laws of man are all invalid. These are arbitrary dictates. That, okay, you can make the claim some of them are in keeping with natural law, with cosmic spiritual law. But even if one is not, that still negates its authority. And there is no authority inherent in the ones that are happen to be in harmony with nature's law. Because those laws were already in place anyway, and man didn't make those laws. You know, stating something that already is doesn't make you the author of it. I can state gravity happens to be an effect here on Earth, and that's the case. Well, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm the authority on gravity. I'm stating something that is. The concept of authority is the major stumbling block when it comes to being truly spiritually aware. And the New Age movement, once again, you know, they, they don't talk about this because they say, oh, this is something that's negative and we don't want to talk about that and draw more of the negative to us now, do we? And this is another false teaching. This is another spiritually false teaching about this, the law of attraction. And there is such a thing as the law of attraction. We covered it in the natural law section. But it's not what a lot of these New Agers are teaching, that if you focus on uh, you know, something that happens to be going on that's unjust and talk about it and expose it and try to make it right, that you're going to draw that to you. That's bunk. That's New Age bunk. And I'm telling you who put, that, who put these ideas out there. Satanists and dark Luciferians put these ideas out there. They told me they were going to be doing it years ago when I was involved in the dark occult. They told me, wait until you see the ideas we're going to float out there for the New Age movement. The hooks that, that, that we're going to sink into the New Age movement. And people will, will bite them. Willingly. They said, you, they told me you would not even comprehend what people are willing to buy. 
the crap that they're willing to swallow if they think it's going to lead to their spiritual betterment. So they know there's a lot of naive people out there willing to buy ideas like this because they have their blinders on. They're ready to go on the puppet master's strings. You know, this is true both for the, the chronically right-brained, like the New Age movement, and the chronically left-brained, like the soldiers and the police. That's the whole problem is that, you know, as we see on image number 120, yeah, that puppet, ma puppet master is there. Make no mistake about it. They're there, those puppet masters. They're not imaginary or illusory. They're out there. But the problem is, is that the puppets have the willingness to jump onto their strings. It isn't like, it isn't so much like that they're being, you know, bound and tied and held against their will and made to dance by the puppet master. They want to be in that position. They love being in that position because it means they don't have to do any of their dynamic movement and any of their true work for themselves. They're so ready to be led by other people. Again, the, the pen is open, ladies and gentlemen. It's up to us to walk out of it. You know, the sheep want to stay in the pen. They want, the puppets want to stay on the puppet master's strings. That's the problem. And ultimately, it all comes from the ideas we're going to be talking about today. The lack of holistic intelligence, the willingness to be led and be part of a collective, the lack of true self-respect, the lack of true conscience, the true objective knowledge of the difference between right and wrong, and ultimately the lack of personal responsibility, which people continue to refuse outright. Image 121 shows what the, the military as the dominator force of the international banks and the dominator force of you know, the westernized world that is controlled by this, you know, the, the money masters and the occultists, the dark occultists who lie behind them. This is what they're being used for, used for. And again, anyone who thinks that it really isn't like this, if, if any soldiers happen to be listening, get as offended as you want to get because that's how it is. That's not my opinion. That's what is. You're under an erroneous assumption that it's not this way because you don't see things clearly from your identified perspective. You're being used, used. You are being used as a hired thug, a muscle man to go out and do whatever these international bankers command you to do and take whatever resources they command you to take. And if you don't agree with that statement, it doesn't mean that, that, my, that, that it's my opinion. It's not my opinion. It's that which is. And it doesn't also does not mean that your opinion is equally as valid because you're under a false, an erroneous opinion as to what your role actually is. And you can't see it clearly, again, from your identified perspective. That happens to be the case, what I just said. That's what is. And if you're, you don't see it like that, the bottom line is you're not being honest with yourself. You haven't stepped back and looked at it from afar and decided to be honest with yourself. Again, there's a, very, there's a famous quote that an honest man, once he has recognized the truth, will either, um, once he has recognized that he is, mis that he is mistaken, will either cease being mistaken, 
you know, he'll correct his actions or he'll cease being honest. But, it, you know, th that's so powerful because isn't that really the case? What we're talking about here is people who just aren't honest. You know, they're not speaking the truth. They're not being honest with themselves above all else. So let's cut through it all and just be honest. This is what the military's role is. And if you don't see it that way, you're wrong. That's how it is. It's not my opinion. This is what they're hired to do, ultimately. To secure resources that this country happens to want and that the international bankers happen to want them to secure in the possession of the United States under the domination of the United States. And they go out there and act as hired thugs, period. And if you're offended by that, like I said, tough. That happens to be true. And it's the same way all the time. This never changes, this dynamic. This is how all tyranny always encroaches, no matter what society it happens to be. So image number 122 is a very powerful political uh, cartoon that the dominators that are soaking up all the resources that other people ultimately need and that we should be first of all in the in the event of oil shouldn't be probably taking out of the earth at all there's been alternative uh, energy systems for a hundred or more years available you know when we look at all the suppressed energy technologies that have been developed and out there since the days of Nikola Tesla and even before um, all of this raping and pillaging of the earth's resources is completely unnecessary and again, that requires a lot of reading. That requires a lot of understanding as to what is possible by looking into the science and looking into the, the power of great invent inventors like Tesla and others. But this is what, because of this manufactured scarcity, this manufactured lack mentality that the military of this country always is involved in or any other tyrannical regime. They're telling you that they come as liberators, but what they're really doing is just stealing. They're just taking what they want so that they can hoard more for their later use and other people that may be using certain resources in a given area are deprived of it. So it's the, it's the dominator hoarding mindset that keeps the, the planet in this state of fear through the idea of scarcity that there's not enough for everyone, that there's not enough to go around. And again, I'm not just talking about oil here. I, I think we shouldn't even be doing what we're doing regarding oil. I consider oil the life's blood of the earth, and we should not be tapping into the earth the way we're, we're doing it to take as much oil out of it. It's, it's not ours. What is ours is the energy that's inherently abundant all around us. That is for our use. Not our abuse, but our use. And Tesla and many others had ways of employing that kind of radiant energy. And we're trying to explain it to the world. But they seem to be too far ahead of their time and their minds too advanced for the barbarians that were all around them in the past. And the majority of people today are in that same barbarian mindset, unfortunately. And that's why it's so difficult to get people involved and excited about something like free energy. Or they, they're so beaten down and downtrodden mentally that they believe that this is some kind of a pipe dream and that it's not possible. 
not only is it not is it possible, it was being done a hundred years ago. And actively being suppressed since then. So an another thing that, you know, these dominators do when uh, stepping into this sick role is they're actively now involved in torture. You know, because if people don't want to comply, they need to be put into pain compliance. Police are doing this with tasers and sound weapons, and the soldiers are doing this with waterboarding and, you know, all kinds of other sick techniques that you see here in image number 123. You know, which synchro mystically adds to a six, which is all about failure. You know? Police are raping people's natural law rights, telling them they can't gather and speak. The, the blurring of the lines between police and military, the militarization of police. So image 123 and 24 shows you really what these sick individuals, these psychologically demented beings that have been turned into golems are doing to the human population because they, they think they have a right to do this. No such right exists for any of these activities. It does not exist. No more than if you just randomly tried to do this to other people. They haven't the right, period. And they should be stopped from doing this. People need to develop the will to stop them from doing this because that is a right. To stop wrongdoing is a right. And when you're shutting down people's right to free speech, you're building a totalitarian system and you don't have a right to do that. No one has a right to stop someone else from speaking, from peaceably assembling and speaking. I don't care what traffic you're blocking. This is always used as the excuse or the justification. It, it, it doesn't matter. Some, someone's right to drive is going to be su superseded by a, a huge group of people wanting to air their grievances. Someone driving isn't there to air grievances. Okay, they can step aside for a moment while a protest is taking place. The airing of grievances is more important than a motorist's uh, right to happen to pass by a, a particular street at a particular time. And get as offended about that as you like, that also happens to be the case. So if people are getting ready to, to and that's the whole point anyway, the whole point is to make it uncomfortable for people to inconvenience other individuals so people stand up and say hey maybe this is something I should be paying attention to maybe rights are being violated here by what these people are talking about and maybe I, I shouldn't be so concerned into, to getting to where I'm going on time and I should be taking a listen to what's being said you know but no the police don't think of anything like that they say I'm going to follow orders. I'm going to do what somebody, someone else told me to do that I believe I have the right to do and that I believe other people have to obey me, have to comply. Well, you're mistaken. You're mistaken. You haven't the right to do any of those things. You haven't the right to go and shut a peaceful protest down. You don't have that right. You never had that right. You never will have that right, no matter who tells you you have that right or not. It doesn't exist. 
because the action of shutting down someone else's right to speak is a wrong. It can never be made into a right. It can never be justified, made into a right. You're always wrong for doing that morally under natural law. And whenever someone's rights are abused in such a way, they already possess the right to stop someone from abusing those rights, from usurping them, from attempting to take away something that is a right. You have a right to stop someone from doing that. The problem is there's not enough courage on the part of the population to stop these individuals. They believe they can't stop them. Well, believe me, if enough people said no and stood up and said, we're going to take action to back up that word, we're not just going to sit here and let you do this. If enough people did that, they would never be able to get it done. It wouldn't happen. And that's the problem in any totalitarian regime that has existed on this planet. Not enough people stood up and said no to domination said no to dominators. You will not do this. We will use whatever amount of force required to stop you from taking other people's rights, from taking my rights and the rights of other people. In every totalitarian regime, there has never been enough people willing to come forward and do that. And I don't know about you folks, but I, don't, I personally don't see enough people here in the United States standing up and saying that. That's the whole problem. They refuse to get involved in the non-support of these people and call them on their crap. That they don't have any right to do this. Because ultimately it all comes down to self-loathing. It all comes down to the hatred of the self by the individuals do this. Nobody who's self-respecting could, could possibly put on that uniform and go and follow orders. It's impossible. Every person who was involved actively killing people in the Nazi party could not have had any self-respect. You can make the claim, again, in your words that you have self-respect, but you don't. In reality, you don't have any self-respect to do that. You would never treat another person like that if you had any respect. Again, that means to take another look at, and it means to take another look at your actions. So if you had taken another look at your actions and developed true respect, you wouldn't be doing things that are wrong. You wouldn't be taking wrong action with your body because you would respect yourself and you would respect truth. You would respect natural law. And none of these people have this attitude. Their attitude is, I hate myself so much because of whatever things have been done to me abusively in my life that I'm just going to go and take out my aggression on somebody else and hurt somebody. That's their attitude. They love hurting other people because they hate themselves. And let me tell you something. Yes, I do have this psychologically figured out. Yes, I do understand this dynamic. No, this is not my opinion. I understand how it works in the mind. You go deep enough into the mind of anybody who follows orders like this and you're going to find this dynamic. Definitively. Definitively. 
It's not extrapolation. It's not interpretation. It's not stretching. I'm telling you, that's the case. These people ultimately at a deep psychological fundamental level nested, however deeply it may be in the human psyche, hate themselves. And that's the problem. That's the problem. And that's what our work is, is ultimately to teach these people that you're sick. You are ill. You are psychologically ill and you need help. You need help to become better so that you will not be ill anymore. That's the whole point. I'm not here to try to beat down these people even further than they've already beaten themselves down through their own self-loathing. I'm here to tell them there's an issue here. If you have any care about yourself or anyone else, which, hey, maybe it is beyond that point. Maybe that's the whole point. They don't. They just hate everything and have not an ounce of care left in them. That's what a true psychopath is. You know, people like this are becoming like a true genetic primary psychopath. Even though they may not have been born that way, they're what is known as a secondary psychopath. One who has become a psychopath in their mindset and ultimately in their behaviors. So image 125 is showing you what their mindset is because of their own self-loathing. You know, police sitting there destroying the rights of other people and ultimately destroying the rights of their own children and everybody else. Just their mindset is, I'm going to kick your ass and get away with it because people consider me in a position of authority through their completely erroneous belief system called a religion. And that's the entire point. A believer in that religion called authority is automatically a slave. You're not only a slave in your own mind, you're helping to put chains on other people by even propagating that belief system. The entire belief in authority is a belief system of a slave. And the police aren't masters of anybody. They're totally enslaved and can't see it. And ultimately, they, they probably don't even care. They would probably tell you, I don't care that I'm enslaved or enslaving others. And that is proof that you hate yourself. No one with any amount of self-respect would enslave themselves or attempt to enslave anyone else because they love themselves. Because they have true self-respect and true self-love. That's what's present within my psyche. I have taken another look at myself deeply, probably deeper than most people on this planet are willing to look at themselves and made a radical transformation in my mindset and behavior as a result of that development of self-love and self-respect. And the problem is that these people don't have either and no one's helping them to develop it. And again, this is because they are a sequestered member of a cult. They are sequestered cult members. They spend all of their time in the cult locations. They spend all of their time taking in the cult propaganda and all of their time doing the cult activities. These are cult members. They are psychologically diseased cult members. I don't know how much clearer I can put it. 
And the, the, the way to take someone out of a cult mentality is always the same. You have to break in on top of the signal of the cult and constantly bombard that person with al alternative information such that the signal of the cult is weaker and the signal of truth is stronger. And unfortunately, there's not enough people doing that. That's why these people aren't walking away from their jobs. Another big part of taking deconditioning someone from a cult is getting them out of the physical environment. And that's so difficult to do because these people will say, how am I going to eat? What am I going to do for work? They're dependent on the system that's enslaving them and everyone else. So they don't want to walk away from it. So the idea is someone has to come in with information at every possible spare second with speaking the truth unapologetically, hardcore, not giving something to these people in baby spoon bites. It doesn't work that way, folks. If it did, more people would be changing. It doesn't work that way. We have to stand and speak the truth in no uncertain terms, unapologetically, without fear. And if the person doesn't like it and gives you an attitude, it doesn't matter. You will have planted a powerful seed if you stand in truth powerfully. Not in a wishy-washy way, which so many people do in the truth movement. If you know it, speak it forcefully. If it's true, speak it forcefully. Again, be bold and mighty forces will come to your aid, as Jack Blood says. The universe is going to reward the strong, the bold. And I don't mean the physically strong. I mean those who truly stand forward in truth and put those ideas out into creation. Speak it in no uncertain terms. So this whole dynamic of slavery, of willing servitude, was talked about by the social engineers and mind control experts of the past century. Julian Huxley, eugenicist, mind control expert, social engineer. He said... This is slide number 126. He said that a really efficient totalitarian state would be one in which the all-powerful executive of political bosses and their army of managers control a population of slaves who do not have to be coerced because they love their servitude. And this is what I would suggest the police and military are already in this mind state. They love their servitude. They love being pets of their political masters and their financial masters, and ultimately of their dark occult masters. And again, the only way anyone loves their own servitude is if they hate themselves. It follows logically, ladies and gentlemen. It's not even something that needs to be thought about at any you know super deep level. If you love yourself truly, you wouldn't be doing things to enslave yourself. You would pull back and stop supporting that effort. If you really understand the oneness of everyone, you wouldn't be trying to enslave anyone. 
So unfortunately, again, it needs to be emphasized, these people are the, the lapdogs of their occult overlords. In image number 127, these, are, these faces, these are the individuals, whether you have any level of so-called respect for these people or not. Whether you're honest with yourself about what role they're truly playing, the truth is that these are the ultimate builders of the dark new world order. These are the, the construction workers, the builders. And again, that brings us back to the term mason, the concept of the builders. We are all builders. It, the only difference, the only qualitative difference lies in what are you working toward? What is your building project? What materials are you building with? And ultimately, what are you erecting? What are you bringing forth into manifestation? What are you building? We're all, quote, masons. We are all builders of our experience collectively through our thoughts, our emotions, and our actions. Well, if you have the mindset of a slave, you're certainly going to be building a world of enslavement. If you have no true self-respect, you're going to be building a world where there's no self-respect and no respect for others. If you have no love within you, you're going to be building a loveless world. Think about it, folks. What is within us, we're going to bring forward and it's going to express in the external domain. That's an inescapable truth. We'll pick it up from this point after this, this quick two-minute break. We'll be right back. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're into the second hour of the show today, and we're talking about the non-support of dominators. We're wrapping up a section on the occult mockery of police and military, which we've really already covered the symbolism, the uh, occult language, the occult numerology involved in the uh, covert mockery of these individuals by their overlords, by their dark occultist masters who are ultimately using them to power the enslavement agenda. And again, that's what these people need to be seen as. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you hate them at a deep level as true individuals the essence of the, the soul, the essence of the divine that's within them. It means, you, yeah, yeah, you can hate and despise their actions, sure. I know I do. I think their actions are utter, utterly deplorable. And they should be ashamed of what they're being used for. If they were honest with themselves, they would take a look at that. And if they had a shred of decency within them, they would step back from those behaviors. And it doesn't make a difference why 
you continue to do what you do. It doesn't matter if you have a family to feed. It does not matter. Let me say that very emphatically. Uh, saying I have a family to feed and this is why I oppress other people's rights is no justification. And people will get all up in arms over that. How could you say something like that? Easy. It doesn't matter whether you have a family to feed. Stop doing what you're doing anyway. You put yourself in that situation through all of the things you did to make your life the way it is. Develop the courage to say, no, I'm not going to continue to do wrongdoing, even if that wrongdoing pays me and puts food on the table for my family. Go find another job. That's the bottom line. That's the answer. Say no to helping with the dominator agenda. And let me tell you something, folks. People who think that this is going to be reformed from within these institutions, you're kidding yourselves even harder. You think you're going to keep authority and the concept of authority and control in the world and somehow you're going to build a world of freedom where, oh yeah, these people and the people who, who manage them, who direct them, are just going to use this, quote, authority for good things, right? As if that could ever be done. As if the entire concept of authority isn't backed by one concept, violence. It's backed by violence, meaning taking coercive action, which you don't have a right to take. You're, you're coercing the will of other free beings. That's what all government and all authority is based upon, coercion, which is violence, which is never within the right under natural law. It does not exist within anyone's right to take action such as that. Therefore, I don't care why you're doing it. It does not matter. It's not even that I, I care or don't care. That's even irrelevant. The whole point is it doesn't matter to the universe. The universe isn't going to say, well, I understand why Jim continued to uh, oppress the people of the United States in his role as a police, shutting them down with sonic weapons whenever they gathered to protest. I understand why he drove that LRAD machine and destroyed people's eardrums. I, I, I totally understand why he did it. You think that the universal law, universal cosmic justice cares why you did it? See, the whole point is people are ascribing human qualities to the laws which govern this construct called our three-dimensional universe. The, the, the universe doesn't have emotions like a human being, ladies and gentlemen. It is, a, it is a construct that is based on law that cannot be broken. True law, not man's law. It's based on universal cosmic law that works unwaveringly perfectly at all times and places everywhere in this domain. You know, it's, it's the same law that if you walk off a building, you will fall. It's the same law that if you put your hand in a pot of boiling water, you will be burned. That's what will happen. There are laws that govern these outcomes. So when you're breaking cosmic law, you're always going to get something that's negative, bad, um, uncomfortable, uh, chaotic, and ultimately bringing forth more evil into the world. 
That's just a law. It's how it works. You're never going to change that. And it doesn't matter why you chose to do it. The why regarding the reason or justification you chose to do that is irrelevant. It, it helps to people to understand what's going on psychologically in that person's mind to help try to get them out of that bad behavior, that horrible choice to continue to do that thing. But ultimately, to the universe, to the manifested outcome that you're choosing through that behavior, the why is irrelevant. It's always just going to give you the result. You're always going to just be given the result for the behavior. The reason why is not going to be taken into account. And I, that's something that, again, is another big false New Age teaching. It doesn't matter whether someone was doing it because they really truly enjoyed it or whether they were doing it because they felt they had no other option and couldn't feed their family otherwise. And this is New Age crap that is being taught that there is a difference between those two choices. There is no difference. The outcome is creating the same dynamic. You are through what you are choosing, you're creating the same dynamic, whether you did it to feed your son or whether you did it because you just liked hurting people. That's it. And people have to get over this notion that these choices are in some way different because of how we justify them. Justification is meaningless. Meaningless. The behavior is all that matters. Let me say this again. Let me say that again. Get this idea if you get nothing else. The justification for evil behavior is meaningless. The only thing that matters is the action taken. Do you understand? Do you get that? You need to get that. It doesn't matter why you chose to do something that was wrong. You chose it because you're always responsible for your actions, whether you think you are or not, whether you want to be or not. The fact of the matter is you are responsible. And the fact of the matter is that what you're creating as a result of choosing a particular behavior, you're always going to get that outcome regardless of why you chose it. By choosing a particular behavior, you're creating a particular manifestation. And it works like that 100% of the time flawlessly. And this is the level of awakening people need to get to when it comes to actions. When it comes to how we're creating our reality through natural law. Together, not one individual, another bunk new age teaching is that each individual is creating their own reality and everybody's going to experience something different based on what they choose. Bzzz, wrong answer again. This is more dark Luciferian nonsense teaching that has been thrown into the new age coffer and, and, and pumped out there, you know, to people who are so ready to accept nonsense like this because they believe I'm going to create my own parallel reality that's going to be different than everybody else's. Yeah, good luck with that. You know, great, wonderful that you think that. But you're here with everybody else collectively making a reality that we are sharing, that we are all part of the creation of. And it doesn't work in that new age junk 
way that you think it works, that you've been deluded into thinking that the law of attraction works, that you just create the, the whole reality based on what you hold in your mind. That's not how it works, naive person. We are collectively creating it. The reality that we all share through the experiences that we are putting, that we are generating through our behaviors, through our actions. And those actions are ultimately predicated upon our thoughts and our emotions about what's going on within the psyche of the individual. And that's what's driving their behavior. And then the manifested result comes out through the behavior, through the actions that we take in the world, in the physical domain. And that is a shared result. It is a shared result. It is a shared result. No one's creating the world by themselves. Okay? The problem is that when you put so many people together willing to do wrong action, they act as the battery for the enslavement agenda depicted here in image number 128. This is a slide from the movie The Matrix. Nia... Um, Morpheus is explaining to Neo, you know, that what the Matrix wants to convert people into is the battery for its agenda, the source of energy that will actually go out into the world and create the manifested result through the rearrangement of energy and resources that the dominators want to see. It's causality, ladies and gentlemen. Every effect is always preceded by a cause. We don't put the cause into manifestation. The effect can't come into manifestation. And the cause is the behavior. We're, we're behaving in a certain way, and then the universe is giving us, is, is generating through that behavioral choice, a result. And if the, if the behavior is imbalanced and chaotic and, and is not in harmony with natural law, so will the result be. It's, it's almost so simple, it's almost stupid. I keep telling people this is not difficult to grasp. This is almost so simple that it's like when you finally see it, when you finally have that aha moment and say, wow, that's how it is. That's how it actually works. You're like, how could I not possibly have seen that before? How could I have been so deluded and so naive into not seeing it? And again, it's because of all the other bunk and nonsense that we're holding in our mind that we're refusing to detach from and get rid of. We need to empty out the mind. Again, mindfulness is actually about emptying the mind to make it ready for truth. You can't fill an already filled glass. You have to empty it out if you want to put something new in. And that's the whole point. People are so full of nonsense that they can't take in this simple to grasp truth that we are collectively creating the reality that we have to experience in this world as a result of our behaviors in the world. Behaviors which are predicated upon what we think and how we feel. Therefore, the way to change that is to change your thoughts. You're changing your thoughts, therefore you change the emotional reaction to what you're information you're taking in and ultimately your behavior will be changed and therefore the outward manifestation that you experience in reality will be changed for the better and police and military don't understand this at all none of them zero blanket statement folks blanket statement get over that 
New Agers, then no one can make a blanket statement that's true. There are blanket statements that are true all the time, everywhere. And there are blanket statements that aren't true. Blanket statement that happens to be true is that no police officer ultimately understands the law of manifestation or the law of attraction, the true one. You know, they can claim that they understand the bunk new age one all they want. That's not how it works. They don't understand what's really generating our experience here on earth. None of them. Zero. If they did, they would never step into that role or position. Upon coming to a deep understanding of it, and understanding means this is what I'm going to use to drive my action. That's what I mean, capital U, understanding. Intellectually, happening to you know, be aware that this is how it's working is different than standing under something that you are subservient to that natural law. You are bowing to a law that the universe has put into effect and recognizing that I cannot continue to act like this if I want the manifested result to be better. So then I don't continue to act like that. I change my behavior so I'm generating a different outward manifestation. And therefore you are truly standing under that law. That's what understanding, capital U understanding means. I'm not talking about intellectual grasping. That's not what I mean. That's different from true understanding of a dynamic that is inherent to the universe, inherent to creation. So zero police have ever understood the law of attraction, the true law of attraction and manifestation until they've ceased being police. Zero soldiers have ever understood this law of manifestation until they have ceased being soldiers. You cannot continue to do that action and truly understand what you're bringing forward into manifestation. It's an impossibility. Those two things are irreconcilable. And as a result, in that level of ignorance, they are all acting as the battery for the matrix of enslavement. All of them. Not some, not the majority, not the, quote, bad apples that people talk about all the time in their mind-washed, their brainwashed, mind-controlled state, that it's just a few bad people in these institutions. Wrong. It's all of them in their ignorance of how the laws of nature work. 100%, no matter what time in history, no matter what culture, no matter what place on this planet, 100% of police and soldiers and other people involved in government institutions do not understand how the true laws of attraction and manifestation work in reality. Zero. They are, they are taking their role and stepping into the hierarchical, compartmentalized, pyramidal structure that we've talked about, depicted on image number 129 in a different way, in a, in a stylized way. You have the god of this world, money, you know, the, these fake pieces of paper and digits on a computer screen that people ascribe real value and worth to, at the top of this system. And what I would say is, really, there's something lacking here. There's the people behind the money system, you know, which are the true occultists of the world who have invented this occult god to, to enslave people in this system. 
they're really running the entire show. Then you can get into who's running them, you know, who's actually behind them, which goes right off this planet, ultimately. And again, it doesn't even matter who's controlling it. The game is always the same. The fake beliefs that they want you to ascribe to are always the same, regardless of who it is. It could be interdimensional beings. It could be, you know, beings from other worlds. It could be just dark occultists here. It could be, it doesn't make a difference who it is. The who doesn't make much of a difference. It's the how they do it and why we cooperate with it that needs to be understood. Once those dynamics are grasped fully, then we can change it. You know, under them you have the politicians and the uh, royalty and the, uh, underneath them you have the priest class, the exoteric priest class. Let's make that distinction there. You know, the esoteric priest class, I would put up higher than that bag of money on image number 129. The esoteric priest class that's running this control system is above that bag of money. That money is who they set up as the god for everyone else. Then you have the politicians royalty below that. You have the um, the exoteric priest class feeding the religions of the world, the false religions of the world to everybody below them. You have the strong arm, you know, the uh, the muscle man in the in the form of police and military below them, protecting that small clique, that small quote elite from everybody else. You have the um, the so-called aristocracy, the people who think they're living large just because they could, you know, ha have a little bit more baubles and trinkets than everybody else and eat a little bit better than everybody else. And then you have, you know, the working class idiots and morons of the world who don't even look at themselves or understand anything. You know, who, who just magically want the world to change without ultimately changing who they really are deep down inside and changing their thoughts and their mind. They think that they can stay ignorant and be free like Thomas Jefferson was saying, is an impossibility. You expect something that never was and never will be. That's just how the laws of manifestation work. So this is a great image, and I think it explains the hierarchical structure that ultimately the people who are ultimately powering it are all the people down at the bottom level. And I would say the people who are ultimately constructing this structure with their actual physical effort are the p police and military, without any question. Without them, that structure would fall apart completely. Yes, there's more people continuing to support these efforts above them, which is why they're sh shown at the bottom holding it up. The people stop holding the whole thing up at the bottom, there's not enough people to control the population of the world, forcefully, physically. It would fall apart on its own if people stopped giving over their consent and their approval to it. Start talking about it harshly. That's the whole point. Don't justify it or say, oh, it has to be this way. No, it doesn't have to be this way. Nothing that is man-made has to be the way that it is. The only things that have to be the way that they are are things that nature made. You're not going to affect what nature does at, on a grand scale to this world. You can think you're going to have an effect on that, but ultimately if nature wants to have its way, trust me, it's going to have its way. One way or another.
You're not that powerful. Every human being together isn't even close to that powerful. Not even close. Nature wants to have its way with this planet. It'll have its way. And, you know, depending on the circumstance, you'll barely have enough time to bend over and kiss your ass goodbye. But anything that's man-made, anything that's human-created, can be changed. If we made it, we can change it. This structure is man-made. It's not something that the, the universe is holding in place by an act of its will. Believe me, the universe is not as imbalanced as our sick, diseased, twisted minds. The universe did not build this structure. We built it. And therefore, we can take it down. We can unmake it. What we have made, we can unmake. It's just an act of will. It's like knocking down a building. It takes a lot of energy and effort. It doesn't just magically happen on its own. You know, unless buildings just magically turn into dust and powder and collapse into their own footprint in less than, you know, 10 seconds. You know, that sometimes occurs. But, you know, what are you going to do? There's an anomaly every now and then, you know? But structures that we've built, we can take down. We erected it as a result of our effort and our work and our energy, and we could do the same. We can take it down as a result of our energy, effort, and work. And what it's all about is taking off the shackles of slavery. If we want to take off the shackles truly, we have to stop supporting the institutions that are putting them onto us. And the ideas that they propagate, they, that mindset has to be pulled back from. Because we have to realize ultimately what we're doing to ourselves is we're putting ourselves into a huge prison, into a huge cage. We're locking it up tight, we're throwing away the key. And again, the images I'm talking about now are 130 and 131. 131 shows the prison planet locked by the master lock. You know, and whose hand is that? That's not the dark occultist's hand, ladies and gentlemen. Wrong. You know whose hand that is? That's your hand. You hold that key to lock or unlock that lock on this world by changing your mind or keeping it the same way. You change your mind, you start to understand authority as an illusion, you start to understand the monetary system as an illusion, these are false religions, you will be unlocking that cage first in your mind and you'll be helping to unlock the overall dynamic of the world on a quantum scale. Again, quanta means an amount. Quantum means amount. We're locking that lock when we refuse to change our mindset and continue to support these completely immoral institutions that are based on violence. Start truly understanding what nonviolence really is, not what you think it is. And again, nonviolence doesn't mean in 100% of situations, regardless of what happens to be being done to you, being peaceful. That's why I, I would say I'm totally nonviolent. I am for nonviolence, but I am not a pacifist. Being a pacifist and being someone who supports nonviolence is totally different. Totally different things. 
Someone who is nonviolent supports the non-aggression principle that you should never initiate violence against anyone else because you haven't the right to initiate violence against anyone else. But that doesn't mean if violence happens to be initiated against me by someone else that I'm simply going to sit there and take it and remain peaceful. That's what a pacifist might do. They're being, you know, beaten for no reason, for nothing that they did wrong, and they're just going to sit there and not respond. Well, I'm certainly not a pacifist in that regard. I'm going to defend my rights if something like that happens to me. By whatever amount of force I need to call forth from within myself or from anyone else to use defensive force in the capacity for which it is intended within my rights to beat back that aggressive attack. I am not going to sit there and take something that someone else is doing that they have no right to do. And that does not make me a supporter of violence. That, make, that makes it, that is demonstrative that I happen to deeply understand the right to defend one's rights, which already exists. I have the right to defend my rights. I have a right to defend my property. I have a right to defend my body, myself, my lowercase s self, the physical self. I have a right to defend that. Why? Because it's mine. Why do I have a right to defend my property? Because it's mine. Why do I have a right to defend my life? Because it's mine. Why do I have a right to defend my rights? Because they're mine. It's all about ownership. The principles of ownership. And those who don't understand those principles, you're helping to lock down that master lock. You're helping to lock down the cage of the prison planet. And ultimately turn this world into a vision of what's depicted in image number 132, which is a hell world. And we're, we're rapidly heading into that reality. And don't think it can't happen. We are rapidly heading into the reality that is going to be indistinguishable from hell on earth unless we change our mindset and change it very quickly. And that's not fear mongering. That's telling it like it is based on the dynamic that we're already seeing in place. The philosopher Vernon Howard, I've quoted him many times, this, this quote is so profound because it tells what it's all ultimately about. The work that's ultimately going to be required to undo this mess that we've gotten ourselves into and stop supporting dominators and the world that they're helping to build is to look within. That's what true respect is about, looking within, taking another look at yourself. Howard said that human sickness is so severe that few can even bear to look at it, but those who do look at it will become well. And this is the exact opposite of the New Age bunk teachings of never look at the negative, never look at the shadow, never look at the shadow material, all the deep dark dirt that accumulates in the subconscious and the unconscious. That's what we need to look at and make conscious, bring to the conscious level of awareness. If you're not willing to do that work, you're lost. 
and you're part of the dynamic of enslavement. The idea here is to look deeply within. Be introspective of the self. That's what development of true self-respect is all about. So that quote by Howard is image number 133, 134. Again, the dynamic is entirely about respect, and that takes place within. You've got to look in the mirror. You have to look inside the self. Respect, again, comes from the Latin words re, which is a prefix meaning again, as in over again. Okay, And spectare, specto spectare, means to look at. So respect means to look at again, to take another look at. What you're looking at again is your own thought processes. You're looking at your own subconscious and unconscious motivations. You're looking at your own psyche. You're looking deep into your own soul and finding out what you're made of, looking at what is there, why you're behaving the way you're behaving, why you think the way you think, what you're holding on to that isn't serving you. That's what the, the development of real self-respect is all about. It's a process. And until you can respect yourself, you can't give respect to another. How could you give something that you don't have within? I can give respect to other human beings because I have self-respect to give. I have to have it for me if I want to give it to other people. You can't give something that you don't have already to anyone else. And that nothing is truer than that than self-respect. Nothing could possibly be more true. You have to have self-respect in order to give respect to any other human being. When we go down to the deepest level of this, it is all about the awakening of the human consciousness and the, the deepest expression of the awakening of consciousness is a deep knowledge, not only of who we are, but it's a deep knowledge of the objective reality of right and wrong. What is right action? What is not right action? Because it causes harm to others and therefore it is a wrong action. That is not relative. It is not morally relative. It is objective. It exists inherently in creation, regardless of how we happen to feel about it. Right action is action which does not cause harm to other living beings. Wrong action is action which causes harm to other beings. We need to develop that true objective knowledge of that and then put it into practice through our actions such that our actions are not in contradiction with that knowledge. That's what non-duality is about. And once you're living like that, you have truly given birth to conscience within yourself because that's what conscience is. Conscience is knowledge. It is the objective knowledge the definitive knowledge of the objective differences between right and wrong behaviors. The objective difference. 
and it's definitive knowledge. It's certain. It isn't relative. It's 100% certain knowledge. That's what conscience is. And then standing in your conscience, actually acting conscience, acting within conscience, that is action. You know, that's, that's, that's wisdom. That's putting action into practice. Putting knowledge into practice. Wisdom is what you do with what you know. So if you're acting within conscience, that's wisdom. Because you've already taken in the knowledge and understood it. That's what conscience is. Knowledge between right and wrong. Of the difference between right and wrong. And if you don't betray conscience, you don't take actions that are wrong. That you don't have any action, to, any right to take because they cause harm. So what conscience is, is it's common sense reality. Being able to perceive things as they actually are. Common sense, which is what we all should have. And the problem is we're all fallen in our senses. We are fallen in consciousness. Consciousness is all about the ability to sense reality, the ability to perceive that which is taking place within us and around us. We define that on day one of this show, show number one. So common sense is what conscience actually is. And we get that right from the word. The word, again, is always telling us. Language is always telling us the reality in which we are embedded. Conscience comes from the Latin prefix con, C-O-N, which means together or with. And then the second part of it, science, again, science meaning knowledge, comes from the Latin verb scio, skiere, which means to know. So conscience means to know together, literally, from the etymology of the word. It means common sense knowledge. And that's why we're in the situation we're in as a people, because we've, la we've lost our common sense, because we've lost our connection to conscience. We have lost the, uh, the knowledge, the definitive knowledge of the objective difference between right and wrong. We no longer carry that within ourselves as individuals on a day-to-day -day basis and then act within the parameters of that knowledge, which is what wisdom is. So there's very little conscience and wisdom in the world. And the biggest reason for that is the collectivist mentality. The idea that I want to try to give up my responsibility to learn the difference between right and wrong for myself. I don't want to do that. That's hard work. That involves exercising my moral judgment. Exercising my judgment to bring my perceptions into compliance, into harmony with nature's laws. I don't want to have to do that. Those are hidden laws. You know, that's not something that you can see written on a blackboard clearly or in a book clearly. It's something that you have to work through as a process and it takes time and dedication and effort and hard work. That's what personal responsibility means, being willing to put the time, dedication, energy, effort, hard work in to get something extremely valuable back as a result, truly valuable, that has values within it, meaning moral values, meaning values of truth of integrity, of honesty, 
of justice, of peace, harmony, freedom. And none of the people who join up with these collectivist institutions deeply have any self-respect. None of them have truly developed on their own a deep working understanding of what conscience really is. The definitive, objective differences between right and wrong. Or they wouldn't be involved in a collectivist mindset, mentality, and cult as they are. It would not happen. So ultimately, these people don't have these things developed within themselves as an individual. Again, you can claim words and reality are two different things, folks. You can make the claim all you want that somehow these people have a conscience as an individual. The, the claim will never make the reality true. The claim of that being the case is never going to make the reality true. The reality is that by definition, because they are involved in an institution that is predicated upon order following, they cannot be acting within conscience. That's a diametrically opposed dynamic. If you are an order follower, you are not following conscience. The end. It's cut and dried. It's so simple. The only way you can ever possibly be following conscience, be exercising conscience, Following isn't even the right word. Acting within conscience, exercising conscience. The only way you can actually be doing that is if you are not following orders. Because you're making the willful decision, the choice on your own to take that action, regardless of what anyone else told you to do. Again, a religion is doing something unquestioningly because someone told you it was that way. And that's what these people have adherence to a religion and their religion is authority their religion is authoritarianism that's the ism of their religion authoritarianism collectivism to get out of that religion you have to stop being an order follower you have to make a decision I am going to exercise conscience I'm going to definitively know the difference between right and wrong, and I'm going to choose the right over the wrong. Not what, because of what someone else told me, because I know it definitively from having looked into it and done that hard work to develop true self-respect, true self-love, and being willing to extend that respect and love to everyone else on this planet. That's what conscience really is. That's what true self-respect is. That's what true self-love is. And it can never be developed in a collectivist mindset because this is something only the individual, the true individual acting on their own behalf can do for themselves. So what is the ultimate answer here? Stop trying to be like anybody else. Stop trying to be a copy of someone else. You're a unique expression of the divine essence. You're a unique individual. Why would you want to be a copy of anybody else? And I've underlined the word cop, which is the root of copy. And that works out that way, green language wise. Again, it could be a coincidence. There is significance in the coincidence, however. Cops are copies. You know, you could write green language. You could sound out green language by saying a letter. So C-O-P could be pronounced cop-E. You're not changing the vowel sound, cop, C. 
ka, right? And then p, copy, copy, copy. And I would suggest it isn't accidental. Maybe man didn't make that word like that. And there's, of course, other explanations for why the word cop came into being. But the whole point is the universe sure happened to arrange it. Whether it was, again, synchronistically created or synchromystically created by the universe, it's telling us something, isn't it? If you're involved in this institution and this is the role you're playing in your identified mind state, you're a copy. The answer is don't be a copy. Stop trying to be involved in collectivist group dynamics. Collectivist group dynamics are never based on conscience. They can't be based on conscience because conscience can only be possessed by a thinking individual, not a group. Only a thinking individual has conscience. Groups don't have conscience. That's why when I t tell people I work with this meetup group or I work with this activist group, I'm not a member of a group. I work with people who are, have come together and basically stated similar objectives or aims. That doesn't mean that if they say we're going to go and do something that's wrong, I consider myself part of that. I'm not a part of any group. I'm a unique individual expression of consciousness. And I'm not a member of a group at all, ever. I was once a member of a group when I wasn't conscious, when I didn't have a developed conscience. But when I developed that conscience, what did I do? I stepped back from involvement and identification with all groups. Now, that doesn't mean if I agree with the um, goals of an organization that I may help them toward that goal. But again, I don't consider myself part of a group collectivist mindset dynamic at all. And that's the entire problem is that so many people identify with collectivist ideology and then they give themselves over to it. And call that what you want. I call it what it really is, mind control. You are giving in to a force that is acting to control the mind. And there is no bigger example of that on earth than the institution that is present everywhere on the earth globally known as government. Again, the etymology of the word, and yes, this is the etymology of the word. I'm so sick of people trying to say that the second part, mente, does not come from the Latin verb, uh, Latin noun, mind. Mens mentis is the verb. The ablative form of the word is mente, government. The first part of it is gubernare. Govern comes from the Latin verb gubernare, which means to control. You could also render that in Latin since classical Latin did not use any V in the language. You could render a B, an internal B in some Latin words with a V, particularly if it is surrounded by vowels as the, is gubernare. Guberno gubernare means to control. You could write it as gubernare, G-U-V-E-R-N-O, guverno, gubernare. So guverno, gubernare, mente mens, mentis. It means to control the mind. This is what that means. And people will say, well, you could attach meant, meant to any other word that uses meant. Yes, because meant means the state of, the active state of. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about mind. 
It is the mind state, the state of mind, the state of being. The state of being is always governed by the mind. How anything ultimately is in manifestation became that way. That, that, that effect was put into manifestation by the cause that ultimately came from the mind. That's the first hermetic principle, the principle of mentalism. That's the first general principle of the laws of nature. That ultimately what we hold in mind becomes the manifested state of being. So of course M-E-N-T means the state of the way things are. It's the state of mind that made it that way. So you could look at it as a controlled mind state if you want to look at, and that's exactly what government is, which means you had to be put at some point under mind control to be in a controlled mind state. I mean, you know, people want to nitpick and split hairs with etymologies by saying, oh, that's not what that means. Yes, it is. If you understand qualitatively the connotation that this etymology came into being through. Instead of taking it so left brain linguistically. See, again, this is the difference between left brain intellect and true dynamic whole brained intelligence. Intellect and intelligence are not the same thing. And if we're ever going to get out of that controlled mind state, again, responsibility is the key. And understanding there is no justification on the part of the universe. The universe is never looking at the reason why you did it. This is new age bunk teachings to say the universe is going to care. It's going to make a judgment as to why you did it. Did you felt like you were trapped in a corner there or your back was up against the wall? You really had to do that negative evil action to that other person, which you could have refused to do? I'll make an excuse. Oh, I, you know, don't worry. The karmic consequence for that will be negligible. That's what you, that's what you think the universe is going to say because you think you had a good reason for doing a harmful action and you have another thought coming. You have another thought coming. There is no justification for the usurpation of someone else's natural law rights. If you steal, you are going to be held to account. And that's all natural law boils down to, taking that which is not yours to take. You could break down all of the natural law harms in any way you can harm somebody. It comes down to theft. That is the universal overarching natural law transgression, theft. You took someone's property. You took someone's safety. You took someone's well-being. You took someone's life. You took someone's rights. All natural law is theft is the taking of something that does not belong to you. And that's never justifiable. I, I tell people, you want me to break down natural law? Spiritual, cosmic, universal law. So we understand what we're talking about here. You want me to break it down as shortly and succinctly as it can be broken down? I can give you a sentence comprised of two words. Don't steal. That's what natural law commands. Don't steal. There is one commandment in the universe. Don't steal. That's it. You don't need 10 of them. You need one. Don't steal. And it doesn't mean steal just physical things. It means don't engage in the dynamic of theft in any way. 
You do that, you won't be breaking natural law. And again, there, there it is. It comes back only to the dynamic of ownership. What do we own? What don't we own? And learning that is the highest moral responsibility. It's the highest responsibility of the individual, which is why so many people want to shirk it. They don't want to do that work. They don't want to take that responsibility unto themselves. A gentleman who I consider a mentor is David Icke. And again, people write me things about this. How could you have respect for somebody with some of the theories he proposes? David Icke has never told anybody to believe one thing he's ever said, ladies and gentlemen. He's put his information out there and he said, if it resonates with you, you take it, you do what you're going to do with it and leave the rest. At, in every one of his lectures, he begins the lecture that way. So I don't know what these people are talking about. You know, trying to say that in some way he's trying to get people to ascribe the, the way he thinks. He's telling you, think for yourself. And I, again, he's putting out things out there that take a lot of courage to put out because of how out there they may happen to sound to some people. And that takes courage. And I have a tremendous amount of respect for that individual for doing that. And I'll continue to state that. And that's why he's the first person I dedicated my presentation series to. He talks on responsibility in one of his books. He says, accept responsibility for yourself and your actions. Yourself and your actions. Thoughts and words. They're yours. Your own actions, thoughts, and words. You alone make choices. You alone are answerable to the consequences of your behavior. Let me say that one again. You alone are answerable to the consequences of your behavior. No one else. The feeble excuse that your boss required it, the establishment expected it, holds no truth or justification. There is no truth in that. There is no justification. You can't turn a wrong into a right. Ike continues, and we're on slides number 141 and 140 and 141 now. He says, what is the point of having principles if you allow others to dictate your behavior? At the end of the day, you will judge your performance and the contribution you have made to creation. It will not be based on what another expected of you or what you did because you felt trapped. And here's that dynamic again, ladies and gentlemen. It do, the universe is not going to care about the reason you took an action because you felt trapped or you felt this was expected of you or you felt too uncomfortable to want to do the work to change. It doesn't matter why you did it. The only thing that matters is the behavior itself being chosen and acted upon. That's it. Once you do it, it's done and you're responsible and it's yours and you need to own it. Ownership. It all comes back to that. And there's the problem. Too many people don't want to take ownership, full, unjustified ownership, meaning you're not trying to pass on that responsibility to someone else by justifying it or by saying, oh, this person told me it was okay. We need to take full ownership of our own actions and make a willful decision to bring those actions into accord with natural law. Meaning, we are not taking any actions that are based in harm and coercion. 
violence, in other words. And the support of violent action is just as wrong. That's like, you know, getting behind a street gang and saying, go and beat this person up. And you're going to stand there and watch an innocent person getting brutalized and say, wow, that's awesome. I totally support and condone that. Well, that's what you're doing when you support the concept of authority. Because the concept of authority is rooted in the concept of violence. And when you support government and when you support dominators, you are ultimately supporting the aggression principle or violence. I wouldn't even use the word principle and aggression together. I shouldn't even do that. It's the aggression ideology, which is violence, that violence is okay. And that's the whole point. For authoritarianism, for totalitarianism, excuse me, to thrive, to come into being and to thrive, we have to be firmly rooted in our mindset in the religion of authority. Authoritarianism is the place where all violent aggression against human beings' natural law rights stems from. And totalitarianism is just its ultimate expression. It's the end of the road where that ideology goes to. That's what the non-support of dominators is ultimately all about. It's getting out of the mindset that there is such a thing as some people's authority over other people. I depict this in slide number 142, showing different authoritarian regimes throughout time. And it's always about the notion that underlies it is that authority is real. This religion is what underlies this manifested result throughout history called an authoritarian regime or a police state or totalitarianism. Every one of those is always backed by this religion. And it is a religion and it is a false religion. Because authority is not the truth. It does not exist. This is an erroneous concept that only exists in a diseased psyche. It's an illusion. It does not exist in nature. It does not exist in man. It is a belief system. The fact of the matter is that the only authority in nature is the truth itself. This is the only thing that we should understand, meaning stand under. Say that our lives are in service to it, not to any man or group of men, any institution on the face of the earth or any other planet for that matter. The only thing we should be standing under is the truth which is the true light of creation. Truth is the one authority. And until we understand that, that everything else is a pretender to that throne, is a pretender to that creative essence, we're not getting out of this prison planet. And things are going to get darker and darker indeed. But on the day we do step out into that light of truth, we're going to see the chains of bondage fall away from this world 
and hand in hand together, we can ascend to a new level of consciousness and awareness. And at that point, the stars are the limit and the greater universal community would welcome us with open arms. That's all we have time for, folks. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week on What on Earth is Happening.